welcome to the Waterlog Podcast. My name is Dan Janolfi. And I'm Howard Marlowe. And this is our going to be our first episode of the new year. Happy New Year 2020. It's going to be a great year. We've got uh, some good topics to talk about today, uh, including the work plan, which is finally out, which is delayed quite a bit. Uh, the uh, appropriations bill, which will lead to the work plan. Uh, the appropriations bill was delayed a little bit in December. We'll talk about that. The U.S. dredge budget is expanded. Uh, I'm going to talk about beneficial use pilot projects, uh, some legal issues related to Hurricane Harvey and those that were flooded, and then finish up talking about how all politics is local. Uh, so, Howard, do you want to start out talking about uh, the appropriations bill, what was going on in Congress uh, during sure. December, which took so long? Absolutely. In 2019, the big words were, uh, as the year came to an end, uh, impeachment and the wall. Uh, both of those issues held up uh, getting an appropriations bill passed, while Democrats and Republicans tried to work out some deal to get uh, the government funded. And to their credit, they did. Uh, and the president uh, got some of the money he was looking for, but all of the authority wanted to move money around from the defense budget to uh, the wall. Uh, Democrats also got things, some of which the president's going to take credit for, and he ought to because he agreed to it. It takes two people. Uh, those are benefits for federal employees and the like. Um, but that held up uh, appropriations. And as you said, the two are tied together because uh, now that uh, the president signed uh, the appropriations bill into law, he's got uh, the Corps has 60 days to come up with a work plan. And the work plan has all of the projects that are going to get uh, funded. They included not only the president's earmarks, but earmarks that are added, which Congress can't add at all. So, in essence, the administration decides what other earmarks it wants to add. That's both good and bad. Uh, the, uh, the, the final figure that we're looking at this year is a little lower than last year. Yeah, it is. And uh, I think it's something we ought to be sensitive to. Not that it's a trend. One year doesn't tell you that. But the fact of the matter is they've hit pretty much a ceiling, and so they're going to bounce around. Uh, for shore protection, the, you know, 125 to 150, you might get a little bit more than that, maybe 175, but that's about what it's going to be um, because the core sort of hit a ceiling, and when you adjust for inflation, that's really where they've been at. So uh, we didn't make any gains that way, and uh, but what Congress does is add pots of money to what the president proposed. It's a significant increase over the president's proposal, but it's sort of like a game that's played. president comes in low, Congress raises up. president comes in lower than he came in last year. President, Congress then has to do more to just raise up funding. What does do more mean? They only have a total amount that they can spend. So it's a, um, it's a lot of horse trading going on, and the fact that it gets done is a uh, is a credit to both uh, parties yep. that they're able to keep the government funded, which is at least an essential function of government. Right. And last year, I, if I recall correctly, is about $157 million. Now this year is about 135 Yeah, so, that's right. Um, $20 million sounds like a lot, but uh, not a huge no. not a huge dent compared to previous years. You can get a lot done with that. Absolutely, they can, and, and they will. Uh, remember also, though, that uh, since 2018, or at least using 2018, funds, not 2019, but in 2018 there was emergency uh, 
post-disaster bills, a lot of funding, still there, hasn't been spent. Yeah, and, and we have another supplemental coming up, coming, apparently. Exactly. So, you know, with all that going on, there's a lot of money out there. Some of the coastal projects that were hit by different storms as of 2018 are still waiting for money. We have, uh, we know that a couple of folks, uh, Tybee Island, for example, uh, where the cores already started dredging, as I believe, mm -hmm. were a little bit delayed. Yep. And uh, other places where they're, you know, putting sand on the beach. Um, so there's stuff going on. And I think the core will be flush with disaster money for a couple of years to come. That Unfortunately, yep. That there's not more disasters, and as you said, we got another one coming. Yep. So shore protection funding looking okay. Um, the U.S. dredge budget has been expanded. Uh, there's going to be a regional demonstration program. Uh, is rest currently restricted to the Gulf, um, but I don't see that as a bad thing for right now. Of course, we'd like to see that expanded to the East Coast. But the important thing about the about this program is it's about a three. Uh, close to $380 million that's going to go towards uh, exploring innovative ways of executing dredging in a logical, sequenced manner, uh, unconstrained by traditional project-specific and account-specific or single-year practices, uh, and seek efficiencies and cost savings by evaluating the region as a system to determine uh, when com uh, if combining work across multiple deep draft commercial navigation projects or across years or across construction and operation uh, construction and operation and maintenance accounts is appropriate. And there's no specific mention of beach nourishment project, uh, beach nourishment in general, but the goal is to mitigate damages against storms in general. So yeah, I think that's an important point, Dan, because basically right now, everything is a, is a project by itself. So you're gonna dredge XYZ channel, and you're gonna dredge ABC channel, and they could be within the same region but they're separate projects. If they're in different districts, different contracts, different contracting offices of different core districts. Uh, so there are a whole lot of reasons that you ought to be looking at things regionally. The core really has been stymied by the Office of Management and Budget because uh, they wanted to do watershed budgeting, as they call it, several years ago, uh, which was regional budgeting. So you took uh, a core division and when divisions are based on watersheds, basically. And you let the division prioritize. You basically give the division a, a chunk of money based upon um, past experience. You say, okay, you prioritize, and you figure out what's the most efficient way to use this money. Um, it works in theory, but we don't know in practice, quite frankly, because the Office of Management and Budget felt like it was going to lose control. So this, at least uh, on the navigation end of the Gulf Coast, uh, uh, gives direction to the Corps and money to actually uh, try managing their uh, navigation budget. Right, and the issue there is really mobilization costs. Yes, absolutely. That, that's, that's the big thing. And my, uh, mobilization costs can be anywhere from 10 to 60% of the total price. Uh, so if you've got a dredge going out twice in the same area, it's like, no one wants to go back to the grocery store twice for something they forgot, you know? Exactly. It costs. One trip. It costs a lot. So, uh, in a somewhat related manner, the beneficial use pilot projects uh, have finally got some money. Seven and a half million for ten projects. Uh, legislators were worried about the implementation uh, since the, the pilot project was authorized back in 2014. Um, 
So within 90 days, the Corps is required to brief the Appropriations Committee on planned activities, cost estimates, and potential timelines for each of the 10 projects. Now, $7.5 million for 10 projects might not get them very far, but it will at least take them from an idea into uh, some form of reality. You know, to me, um, beneficial use pilot projects are really important. Uh, the 10 are different, quite different kinds of projects, some are on the coast. And even of those that are along the coast, they're different in many respects. Um, so if you could make better use of the sediment that we have, and we're dredging from uh, federal channels, and I would like to see it eventually federal and state and, uh, channels, and instead of dumping it offshore, we're going to be a lot better for the environment and a lot better for coastal resilience. Going back to the Gulf here, Hurricane Harvey left a lot of people flooded. Yes, indeed. And a lot of people who didn't think that they were going, going to be flooded. Yeah, and, and uh, a federal judge has uh, ruled that the Corps can be sued by folks in the Houston, Texas area there who um, feel that they were blindsided by the Corps in terms of, the one, the dangers that existed, uh, and two, the Corps' plans and how the Corps basically let water loose uh, in order to you know, keep the dams from bursting. Um, so that is a, uh, a significant setback for the Corps. I don't know if they're fighting that particular judgment or not, but if the Corps can be sued for that, which means the federal government is being sued for that, anybody, uh, you know, who's ever tried to think of suing the federal government and gone to an attorney and said, well, I want to sue them because they said that I couldn't do X, Y, Z, and, and the bottom line is it's a major deal from a legal point of view. So the fact is, uh, you know, if, they, if these homeowners can show that the court knew uh, what the dangers were from the outset and didn't alert them to what those dangers were, if they mismanaged it in any way, then uh, if the court can be sued in that situation, why not uh, in other situations? In other words, what do homeowners and businesses know about risk. We're not really communicating risk very well. I'm not just saying that mm -hmm. with regard to the core. Right. We don't do that very well at all in this country. We build, uh, we build systems and then uh, people live uh, in riverine areas or coastal areas. And uh, they may know that there's storms or floods, <clears throat> but they think, oh, well, we've got this great uh, dam protecting us. Well, it's interesting because I, I don't know how much of this is a rumor or whatnot, but it, what I heard a few months ago was that not even the real estate agents were, exactly. were aware that they were selling houses that were in, you know, in, in, in a flood zone. very flood zone, yeah. you know, very risky flood zones. This is a problem that is significant along the coast as well because uh, we've also seen uh, people who have bought homes in uh, coastal zone, uh, coastal barrier mm -hmm. areas. Cover zones, and uh, they haven't been alerted uh, either by the governmental jurisdiction or by the real estate people. Uh, and whether they knew about it or not is another issue. But again, if you can't communicate risk, then people can't make informed decisions. No, and it's important for local leaders to know about this. I mean, you talked about how well, yeah. you and many other people talk about how all politics is local. Yeah, you know, you know and basically, uh, you know, I as part of our modern log uh, update 
uh, that just came out today. Uh, you know, I have a which piece. will be this was coming. This is coming out Wednesday, so it would have been on uh, Monday, a couple of days ago. So okay, so it's yesterday's news, but then the answer is or tomorrow's news. Yeah. But the bottom line is, uh, I got a piece in there that asks, you know, who, you know, who you're going to vote for in 2020, and it's not related to the presidential or even congressional elections. It's related to who you're going to elect to lead your town or city, who you're going to elect to lead your state in the legislature, the governor's position, because you are not going to find Congress taking the lead uh, on sea level rise, climate change, any of the related issues. It's just not going to happen unless they're hearing about it from their right. local constituents. How best? Through your local mayors, councils, through the state governors. Change is going to come bottom-up in this country. Mm -hmm. And so the most important elections are really happening at the local and state level. Yeah. I think that people need to pay attention to asking their the candidates who are out there and those who are looking for re-election, what are you going to do to deal with what the flooding problems, whatever your local issue is that relates to climate change and uh, sea level rise, sunny day flooding, all of those things. What can you do? And I think uh, every community can do something. And I think we have clear evidence of that from, from the clients that we work with, of seeing those that, who are most outspoken about the issues that they're having and, and who is, uh, who's, you can tell who's taking it most seriously. And those, yeah. and those same people have the, the biggest and best beaches and most protection for their island. And they also know- Or, or coast come, in general. And, and when, when they come to Washington, they're able to talk about what they have done and where they need help. And I think that's the issue. A lot of local governments uh, are, are faced with a severe problem when it comes to sea level rise, climate change, adaptation, and it's costly. And so they figure it's going to be so costly, you know, we can't raise that road, put in that new pumping system, whatever it may be, uh, because it's just going to cost us X hundred million dollars, and we just don't have that. Property values, leveling off along the coast yep. in many places, maybe in most places. So, you know, you really get to a point where there are there's a role for the federal government. But uh, I'm a big believer that action really begins at the local level. The federal government is very good at regulations and handing out money. Well, we don't need regulations here because regulations cost money for others to uh, implement. What we do need is incentives from the federal level. But we don't know what those are yet until local governments start coming up and saying, here's what we're trying to do, and we need help. Yep. And for those who have a good beach, you got a good beach. But there's some issues that we are yeah. coming across uh, related to dunes and uh, going forward, whether you're going to have those dunes or not, or whether you're even going to have a 50-year project moving forward. Yeah. You know, the Congress... Uh, is tried in the post-Sandy and then uh, in the, um, I guess it was the 18 supplemental mm -hmm. in the appropriations, disaster appropriations, and, and is tried to provide money to either increase dune height or to add dunes. Uh, there are projects that were built uh, in the 1970s, uh, early 80s, that uh, had no dunes. They're federal projects because uh, it wasn't recognized how uh, important dunes are to preventing damages. So Congress thought uh, that it was adding money 
for what do you call resilience measures. And uh, the fact of the matter is, in this case, it is not uh, our uh, friends at OMB that are stopping it yet. It's the anticipatory OMB folks at headquarters. Are, we understand. We've had some reports. Yeah. You know, we'll be reporting more on this uh, yeah. in a future podcast because we're looking into this now. And that's true of the projects coming up for 50-year renewals, uh, some of which, because they've worked, uh, are getting a low BCR benefit-cost ratio, and may not be eligible. Right, and this isn't just one or two. This oh, is no. more, than are, a, more than a dozen. Yeah, it is. There are 20 projects without dunes that were built without dunes. We know of one as a client of ours that has already had to suck it up because it needed to, to get the sand, and, they, and you know, the bottom line is they've, they've had to try to add dunes on their own, but the Corps wasn't able to provide the additional money. And they may also be in the same trouble on the getting their project renewed. Yeah. So. so these are both developing stories. Uh, we will be sure to cover them in, in future, both waterlog updates and podcasts. Um, but that's all for today. Thanks very much to uh, Coastal News Today. And the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Thank you very much. Appreciate you very much. Take Happy care. New Year. And uh, we'll be back soon. Take care.